Welcome to Game Store Profits, where we talk about God, gaming, and groups. I'm your co-host, Daniel. I'm, along with me, I have Mr. Jeff Romo. Uh, good evening. And Mr. Mike Perna. I'm so happy you guys are back. I'm sick and tired of doing these solo episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can, you can can talk to my computer about that. And I was being held hostage. Do you have any idea how hard it is to try and come up with an hour's worth of content just me rambling to no one? It's Well, you know, my daughter can give you pointers on that. <laughs> I thought you did a splendid job. I do what I can. I do what I can. I mean, I was talking about Jack Chick, so I was trying to be good because I didn't want to just be, you know, railing. Yeah, I would. I was bummed I wasn't going to be in that. That as soon as I found my computer was like just not agreeing with me, I was super bummed I was going to be part of that conversation. Well, I'm just happy we've you know gone to the proper necromancers to raise your computer from the dead. Oh yes, it's got ectoplasm all over it. <laughs> At least I think that's what this is. I don't know. Anywho, so what have you guys been up to since last time we were all on the mics together? Well, uh, had uh, I got a, a huge shout out for to Jason Wood, the Mad Adventure, the Mad Cleric, the the Mad Madman of the uh, the first E uh, or or one E A D and D adventure set, and the two E adventure set, and then the Star Wars Edge of the Empire set because he had introduced me to the game I had never played it before. Uh, so I got a chance to play an IG-88 assassin droid reprogrammed for piloting to be a hotshot pilot, in fact. Okay, okay, you you need to say what its name is. Bullet. No, no, you need to spell it. Okay, B-U-1-1-I-T. Of course it is. I had I was trying to think of like who's like a fast character that I totally loved from my childhood and I mean, it was a little bit before my childhood but I loved the movie Bullet and I was like oh that's perfect now I just got to figure out a droid way to spell the name and then boom he was born so he's this you know this if you guys have never seen you had to have seen it Empire Strikes Back the group of assassins they have one of them there is a droid it's, it's got this uh, cylindrical head it's got really thin spindly arms that sort of thing imagine that but with a wonderful black cape you know flowing behind him as he's standing above you know uh, a huge outcropping with explosions behind him and everything it was just glorious so uh yeah we had we had a lot of fun i got a chance to game with uh with brent uh, as well from victoriana fame and from our one shots fame and well just because he's famous and uh <laughs> and got to see we got brendan we had brian and then Brent, and then myself, and then Jason was the game master. So it was just amazing. And that's the first game I've been able to play in in nearly three years when it lasted longer than two hours. So super nice. fan, super excited about that. Yeah, how about, Lord, how about... Lord willing, we'll be getting the Numenera game up soon. The we it we, it went from health issues to technical issues to schedule issues. So I you know we're we're. Slowly but surely getting this on. Thankfully, you've been doing really well at creating other content for our YouTube channel so that I don't feel as bad for the fact that I haven't gotten the Numenera game up and running. But, um, I, you know, I'm at the point where I'm trying to figure out whether or not the next thing I want to do is Numenera, like right out, like just guns blazing, or if I want to do, uh, I've threatened to do a, I guess you could call it a one-shot, but there is no such thing as a campaign for this. Uh, after getting my hands on Reflections, there's part of me that wants to run a Reflections game for the channel. In case you don't know, in case you're listening for the first time and you didn't hear me talk about this earlier, Reflections is basically a two-person, no-GM role-playing game where you are playing as... Well, the base game uh, has you playing as two samurai literally right before a duel to the death. And what happens is, is that you literally recreate the scenes of their life from the time that they met to the time that they betrayed each other and all the way through their existence. 
And uh, it all comes down to one die roll to see who lives and who dies. Uh, I've now played a couple games of this. Uh, the first one I played, I meant you mentioned Brent. Uh, the first game, Brent and I were both Kickstarter backers for this game. And so when they sent out the, hey, we're, we haven't gotten the book together yet, but here's a PDF. Brent and I are like, we need to kick the tires on this. So we got on Skype and uh, and did did what we were doing. And uh, literally, like, y- y'all have probably, if you're in the tavern, you've seen me talk about it. You saw me post the picture because there's all sorts of ritual to this. And you're supposed to, the, the losing person, the person who dies at the duel, is supposed to rip up your character sheet and present it to the other player as a trophy. <laughs> um, so good. Brent and I ended up, when we started playing, we're like, well, it looks like it's really hard. I mean, they do have a, a what happens if you have a tie, but it's really hard to get a tie. And then we proceeded to get a tie. Uh. Both of us ended up dying, and it was beautiful and poetic and awesome. And what was really cool was the next game I played as part of Extra Life. Uh, I think I mentioned this in the last podcast. Uh, Alyssa, who is also a well-known face on the channel, Alyssa and I played a game of Reflections, and it was a completely different game. Like, when Brent and I played, it was very warlike, and we were both soldiers, and and it was about family honor. And uh, when Alyssa and I played... It, that whole family honor thing was very much still part of it, but our guys were philosophers. They were artists. And it, there, it wasn't a time of war. Literally, this was just about saving face as we were trying to get a place in the nobility. And really, it gives you this understanding, just having played both of these games, just how much stuff can happen in this very simple game. And so, oh, I, I I may or may not put one up. I might see if that's going to happen before we get Numenera up, just because it's such a quick one shot. Well, it's it's a great example of having like a storytelling game, right? Oh, absolutely. There's, there's this opportunity to have these wonderful flashbacks of uh, of yeah, like your early years and how you had how this relationship broke. And it's a good back and forth. Like if you're looking to try and bounce ideas off of somebody to kind of get the creative juices flowing, this is a great game to do that with. I've, uh, I've got to say. I will, I will say that it definitely has the aspect of you want to play with people who just want to play a character and aren't really caring about gaming the system. Right. Because if you're playing with a munchkin, if you're playing with somebody who's just about how you can get the most out of it, it can it can really ruin it because the game itself is like you play into you know until the scene comes to a natural break and then you both assess whether or not you finish your goal or not. And like I could see how a munchkin gets into that and be like, oh yeah, I totally did that. I totally did my thing. Right. Or they're they're manipulate they're gonna try and manipulate the scene to try and make sure they they succeed. And I'm like, uh, but if. I, so far, I haven't played that, but then again, I'm playing with people who I roleplay with all the time and who I trust to. Yeah, you kind of uh, know what to expect. Yeah. The problem is is that there's so much awesome stuff on the internet, and I, I'm like, I'll watch somebody else do something, and I'll be like, man, man, I want to play that with our people because I know what kind of stuff we would put out. Yeah. Like, you have no idea how tempted, how tempted I was. Recently, the folks over at Real Roleplay did Dogs in the Vineyard. Dogs in the Vineyard is, it's not a one-to-one, but it's basically based off of the westward expansion of uh, Mormonism and the church there. And, oh my goodness, like a lot of it has so much to do with church authority and the idea, because basically everybody who's there is playing as, I mean, obviously they don't tie it directly to real world religion. But basically, you're all playing as people who have been tasked to be, like, God's enforcers. So you are both leaders of the community and kind of, you know, spiritual heads of the community. Right. And it there's so much potential to deal with issues of religious authority and overstepping boundaries. And what does it mean to... Like, how far will you go to make somebody, you know, 
do what you think is right. And it, spe- it speaks a lot towards the the advent of the human nature versus, you know, the deity. You know, exactly. Versus the God nature. You're like, where do you're, you're trying to redefine the line where God ends and you begin. So right. It's a it's it's a good exploration of that. It's it's tough. It's definitely for mature audiences and for mature players, but it's um it's a good exploration of that kind of thing. It it gets you thinking and talking and you know obviously that's the goal of a lot of these games is to get you thinking and talking. But yeah, so I'm trying not to overstep myself. I'm trying to see like like all right, get Numenera on the calendar, get session 0 so that I can <laughs> get my my stuff together because there's so much I'm at the point now where I kind of have a general feeling of things, but as you know, Jeff, and how anybody who's ever DM'd a game knows, you can't really plan it out until you know the characters and ha- and what the interaction's going to be. That's right. The characters, right. The, the, the players bring so much to that. So, like, I have the general framework of this is going to happen, and then this is going to happen, and then, you know, we'll eventually end to here. But... I I don't there's so much middle ground that I don't know what I'm doing yet until the characters come together. So yeah. hopefully I that'll be happening. I leave that as a big fat blank in my my uh my planning until I know the characters. I mean there's you know, like there's the one off you know, the one shots where I have to have a little bit more of a solid thread, but yeah, for sure. I, I wanna hear what the characters come up with. I wanna hear what the people come up with. I mean I know I know from mine, I'm going to have, I'm going to try and play something that's a little bit more out of my comfort zone. So, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to it. For sure. I, I will say that the, there's one person who has given me a backstory for his character. Uh, and I haven't gotten back to him yet because he emailed me about it. And I haven't had a chance to sit down and, and return that email yet. But the way he's writing this character, he's like, I don't know if this is okay. And I'm like, you have no idea how okay this is in That's light good. of what I want to tell in this story. That's good. That's good. So, so it'll be good. It'll be real good. But yeah. That's that's just the role playing stuff. So before I go into the the board game stuff, because there's been some really cool stuff happening there, Daniel, I've we've kind of been just bum rushing you over there. What have you been up to lately? Well, since the last time I've been on, uh, other than a wonderful trip to Toledo, I've got to play role-playing games twice. One is the Enroad Storm Kings through Fantasy Grounds, which is the best system ever, for the 5th edition uh, that Chuck's running for me and Sean and Alyssa and a few others, and it was pretty cool. Happening on our Facebook page. Yes, yes, yes. it is. It's it's very epic. Um, Chuck is a very good DM. You know, uh, originally uh, Sean tried to tap me for that, but I don't own those manuals for 5th edition. So, but I knew Chuck did, and he loves 5th edition, so but he's doing a great job. Great job. Um, his original goal, um, and, and I know I'm going to slam uh, Roll20 just a little bit right now, Hell was that he, he said uh, he said when I'm done with this module, they will chuck rocks at Roll20. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> good luck. <laughs> but and then uh, Friday night I had my, uh, my uh, once a month uh, East Texas University game. And, uh, now, now, real, real quick. I know you've mentioned it before, but it's been a while since you've mentioned this. So, in case there are people who are listening and going, "What the heck is East Texas University?" Okay, give, give a, a synopsis of what you're looking at there. Okay, first of all, it's Savage Worlds, and so it's a mechanic system. You learn Savage Worlds, you play East Texas University, uh, along with about a billion other games. Um, but East Texas University takes place in Pine Box, Texas. And weird crap just happens. Like, it's kind of like Buffy the Vampire Slayer without Buffy. No, none of your characters have magical magical powers. Some may dabble in the magic art, but they're not like some superhero Buffy that can kill vampires. And, you know, one day you may be studying for midterm, but that night you might be fighting off uh, uh, a bunch of uh, minions trying to raise Cthulhu out of the local uh, lake that's next to the, the school. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, and so like, um, uh, I, I do play a little computer nerd in this game, and um, and he's got a dark past where he accidentally almost killed the uh, uh, football player from his high school, and uh, his parents moved over to uh, East Texas to get away from 
that whole drama and uh and I was just acing rolls and exploding dice all dang day and I kind of became the star of the 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 show that night because I just kept doing so well and uh it just blew the 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 uh, DM's mind it was pretty good I, I will mention I did have one uh issue where we had a person trying to uh summon a demon in the game uh the one of the NPCs to uh help her be better at improv <laughs> and um so we ended up you know she had tied up one of our friends so we ended up tying her up and destroying her book that she had so and then started off to go um hunt the demons but later that night we were picked up by the police because she filed a police report against us and um during the conversation um i i pulled the police officer aside and rolled so well on persuasion and i you know informed him that in the state of texas it is illegal to sacrifice animals for uh, pagan witchcraft uh things which i did look this up it just trips in some <laughs> and uh that you know we when we found her with our friend she had our friend tied up in dead animals everywhere along with candles and, and trying to summon a demon and and because the persuasion role was so high uh that i did that on uh he's like well as a as a son of a Baptist preacher, I don't rock, rock, uh, rockly uh, welcome that here, so uh, I'll uh, keep her from investigation. Y'all are free to go. And then I also added, I said, the book was in Russian, so I think she's a commie. And he's like, <laughs> I'm calling Homeland Security. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, I, I'm sorry. I, as, I mean, obviously, when you're talking about a game like this, you're definitely going to be in the silly territory. But the second you tell me the NPC is trying to summon a demon of improv, I would, I would, I would just lose it. I was yeah. just like, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, uh, my buddy Wes, he's in that game, and uh, he backed, um, backed East Texas University as the Kickstarter when it first came out. He backed it at a level they actually put him in the game. Nice. And uh, so for free RPG day, he ran that module, and. Uh, you know, it that was zany as well. Um, that's a free module called Shock Jock on their website. So, but I love it. I'll you know I, I tell everybody about Savage Worlds. It's it's awesome. I will not mention that I was playing it in Roll Twenty, but <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll, we'll just leave it there. You, you lower <laughs> you lower yourself to humbly yes. you know be amongst the rest of us. Yes, yes, and I, and I've offered the the. The, the DM to, you know, it was like, hey, if you ever want me to take over, uh, I could put it in Fantasy Grounds for a while. And he's like, no, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Pine Box, Pine Box is pretty interesting. If you, they actually have a website uh, for the, the school. It's like the fightingravens.com or something like that. And uh, so you can find out, they, they actually post updates like a school would on their website. Well, that's neat. That's good for immersion. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's it, it, and uh, you know Pinnacle is pretty good about keeping it up to date and stuff. So. Yeah, I cool. I love anytime you can do any kind of immersive thing like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm all in. I'm I'm on board. That's that's why you know when uh, Invisible Sun first popped up, I was like, Ooh, what is this? Because <laughs> you know, I I don't know how well they're going to do what they're they're claiming they're going to do because. I, I don't know if they're going to use an app. Have they released any more information about that? No, the I should be getting my grubby little hands on it thanks to the kind donation of an individual because they, I think they just closed the backer kit like yesterday. Okay. So yeah, it should it should be it should be coming out soon. And so uh, yes, an app is very much you know part of it. So yeah, I want to see how they do that. Oh, trust me, when somebody donates something that epic, you're going to see it on everything. I'm going to post it. I'm probably going to put up a Periscope video when I get to unbox it because I, while normally I don't do unboxing stuff, I'm pretty confident this box is going to be epic enough for one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, you'll, you'll definitely be hearing about that again. You have to do um, an unboxing with Dolph Poulsen's accent. No, why? <laughs> I. <laughs> You know, of I all, ain't unboxing. <laughs> if of you look the, at these books, look at the box. I open it up. Look at this. 
Of all the characters that I've done, is it just the accent? <laughs> yeah, that's why I was going to say a Russian accent, but I know you did Dole Polson, so I thought that would be kind of cool. <laughs> It's and then funny. if you could just wear a bear head while you do it. I'm I'm drawn to people with silly accents. That's yeah. just, yeah. I don't know what it is. I, for some reason, all my characters, at least the memorable ones, all have had silly accents. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, I did pick up, uh, talking about things we're picking up, I picked up the uh, Humble Bundle with the Song of Ice and Fire in it. Oh, yeah, that's right. You know what they have? You mentioned uh, the East Texas University. They have a Buffy, and, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. RPG yeah. uh, offering as well too. Yeah, I, I don't care about Buffy, but um, wow, the wow. Uh, I've watched them all. It's okay, but the um, but no, seriously, the um, the Song of Ice and Fire. Uh, I don't know how well you've looked into it, but like uh, something that's really cool about it, it's like Dungeons and Dragons with no magic, but yeah, there's dragons and monsters. Well, that and, then, and magic. The, I mean, the, no, sorry. Well, that's that's the, a big part of the early parts of those books because yeah. I, I stopped reading them because I'm convinced George Martin will never finish it. No, um, but I read the first four books, and it was only in the like the the second half of the series that magic has started popping up again. Yeah, but the uh, cool thing is that when you go to kill another character, um, the because uh, you do fight against other people that are playing, and um, when you get them to like one hit point from dying, uh, then they either have to beg for their life, um, and you have the option of killing them or letting them go or putting them in the servitude, or they have to go to the wall. <laughs> and of they course. literally have to put that character up unless it's needed for a storyline later on. Of course, that's an option. I love it. <laughs> What's the die system based on? Uh, I haven't got that far. I've just been reading a little bit here and there. So, gotcha. uh, my buddy Wes picked it up as well. He's he's a good DM, so I think he's gonna run it for me. Because um, I mean, he's he, he, dude. He's single. Let's just put it that way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I haven't gotten too far into it yet. I've just been busy because my work has increased. My work fold has increased by probably about ten. <laughs> Yeah. So. I hear you, man. I hear you. But, well, let's just kind of move on and kind of okay. go forth here. Uh, I, I want to tell you guys about the expansion, as it were, of the Sunday Morning Experiment. Okay. Uh, it's been, it's been kind of awesome because, you know, I basically started it kind of on a whim. Well, not entirely on a whim. I, there was a lot of forethought and a lot of prayer leading into it. But the idea that uh, church was going to look different for me in these days uh, has been, I would say, very well received. I think it was one of those things like like almost when I first started talking about inroads at the church, there were a lot of people who were like, oh, that's that's a thing that we're doing. That's not that's weird. <laughs> but after doing it now for just about two months, um it's it's been kind of well received, and I have had some cool stories about people who have been kind of impacted by it. So it's definitely something that I'm going to keep doing in the future. It was cool that we actually got to uh, have communion. Uh, yeah, it was really cool because uh, one of the guys who's the usher, he's a buddy of mine, and he comes running up, and you know he brings out to the lobby, and he's like, "Hey guys, you want communion?" I go, "Absolutely." So it was me and a bunch of junior high and senior high guys. And we were playing a game of Nevermore, and uh, Nevermore, if you've never played it, it's a really interesting drafting game, and I'll, I'll explain it a little bit more in a second. But uh, I said, look, if we're going to do this, we do this. We This is not something that we just do to, to go through the motions. And all the guys are like, no, no, we want to do this. I go, awesome. So we put the cards down, we put the game t- kind of to the side, uh, we get the elements and uh, we literally just stopped and we're like, all right, I don't know what's going on in the service. You know, we got to just we're, the, the the timing of doing this all together is going to be a nightmare. So let's just have let's just do it here with with us. And so this collect, I think there was what there must have been like six or seven of us at the table. 
and anybody who wanted to got the communion and we just prayed. We prayed for unity. We prayed, uh, thanking God for what he's done. And, uh, it was cool because it was kind of this, this great moment that had led to conversations about, you know, what God was doing and everything like that. As, as we kept playing nevermore afterwards, like we had that moment of prayer and, and sharing communion. And then we went back to the game and, and the conversation just kind of kept rolling. So it was this really cool moment. I'm like, I'm like, this is what I've want, I've wanted this to be. So it was really cool to kind of have that and to see these guys. Cause the, the, the worry, I, I won't say it's a complaint cause it hasn't been, it's been well received, but kind of the, the worry that people have is, is like, like really this is, for uh, some of the kids that I play with, but, uh, th- you know, sadly, none of the adults have wandered over yet, but hopefully, I'm hoping that, that we'll change that. But, uh, some of the kids, they're worried, like, like, this is gonna take the place of church for them. And I go, yeah, okay. And <laughs> it, it, there's part of me that wants to be like, is that such a bad thing? Because they're actually paying attention here. Yeah. But, the other part of me is just like, this isn't designed to like take them away from something. Uh, it's designed to, to bring them into something because a lot of these kids are hanging out because we do multiple services on a Sunday. And so a lot of these kids have been hanging out there for hours already because their parents are involved in the ministry or whatever. And so they're just there. And so many times I, you know, before I started doing this, they would just be in the lobby, just like staring off into the distance or messing around or face down in their phone. And now they're, we're having these cool moments and having communion and doing all this stuff. So it's been, it's been an interesting process to see how this goes and I'll, I'll be curious to see how it continues because uh so far it's been it's been okay with the leadership to the point where they even talked about well what if we got you what if you didn't do it in the lobby and we just gave you a room to do this in and i'm like oh that would kind of be awesome because right now i kind of just do small box games because you know i don't want to have a big footprint but if you give me a room I could probably do bigger games. <laughs> so we'll we'll see how it all turns out. But it's been really cool because I've actually get to see them in a very small way kind of growing and developing, as it were, because uh, I've actually seen their taste in games start expanding. And, you know, part of this, I'll say, you know, not only is my intentionality focused on God, it's also focused on on how I get them to play and, and how I get them to interact. And so part of it is me kind of guiding them towards these next games. But when when I first started, the big games that were always, re- always requested, because I, I tell them, you know, I'm going to bring games every Sunday so you can tell me what you want. So the, the two games that without fail that were always requested were Sushi Go and Coup. And they're great games. I mean, we've mentioned, I think we've, I think we've mentioned both of them. I know we've mentioned Sushi Go before. Oh yeah. But I think we've mentioned Coup in the past as well. And, uh, they're both real simple, real light, real quick and easy games. Sushi Go is basically, I said it this way before, when we, before we started recording and Daniel kind of chuckled. But it is how I refer to it. Uh, Sushi Go is my first drafting game. Um, I still have it, to laugh that. <laughs> it, it's my first drafting game because literally all it is is you draft. You're, you're trying to get the, the right combination of little chibi-looking sushi cards. But all it is is a simple draft. You take your card, you pass it. You take your card, you pass the rest of your hand. Take your card. And... and there is no mechanism other than trying to figure out what to pick next. So it's, it's a great game, but it kind of leaves you wanting more. And so I said, all right, well, I'll bring one Sunday. I'm just like, you know, I'm just going to bring another drafting game that has a little bit more to it. And so I brought Nevermore. Uh, Nevermore 
is a drafting game where you are all playing as these these epic wizards trying to get uh power and glory and what's really interesting about it is is that you draft these cards that you know attack each other and and gain health back and get magic and get glory uh and you also have these cool things uh that are ravens and you're basically trying to gather up the most of particular suits and each suit does something different. And there's a lot more, it's more complicated here because it's not just a straight, you, you keep one card, you pass the rest because you're basically down, you're downscaling at each time. So the first time you're passing three cards, the second time you're passing two cards and the last time you're passing one card. So you're always trying to figure out like, okay, what do I have now? Okay, what do I give away? All right, all right, I got new cards. What do I have now? What do I want to give away? And it's really, it's really interesting because you're trying to figure out where you can go and which cards are going to lead to the best result. And it's fascinating because these guys who were so into Sushi Go are like, oh, this is awesome. Because now they're like, okay, they're trying to develop strategy in their drafting. Now it's not just, I have to get the most of, you know, I have to get the most points. It's literally like, how do I get the most of this? Or now this turn, I got hit real hard last turn. I need to get my health back up. Or, you know, who do I hit with this attack? Because, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, I'm doing the the best strategic action. And so it's building off of what they already learned in Sushi Go and saying, all right, well, what's next? And likewise, Coup is a game where you only have, you have two roles and they're hidden and you're basically trying to eliminate the other players. And it's real, it's really quick. I think the longest game I've ever played took maybe 20 minutes. Uh, it's super quick game because there aren't a lot of options. There's only a handful of different classes that you can have in your cards. And yeah, there's deception and, and a little bit of lying to try and see, like, you don't have to have the card you you say you do in order to do the action. So you're trying to figure out, like, do they really have that card or are they just lying? And uh, it's basically last person standing wins. So I go, okay, they love this game. What can I, what game can I take that, is going to play off of that, but give it some more meat, give it some more strategy. And so a game that had been on my shelf of shame for way too long was a game called Operation Faust, which is basically, if you've ever seen the movie Monuments Men or know the history of the actual military unit that that did this, uh, you are basically playing as soldiers tasked with saving precious works of art out of war-torn Nazi Germany. And you're doing this by, just like with Coup, you have two cards that give you actions that you can do. Uh, like the art dealer gets you more intel about where the art is. But it it kind of takes it to another level because now you're not trying to eliminate the other player. The other player is always going to be there. You're trying to get a million dollars worth of art. And so... There's that aspect. There's, there's, I'm actually trying to get something now. It's not just enough to stockpile and then slam somebody. You also have to be preparing for their, their coming at you and trying to get the artwork that you need and trying to position your cards in the exact way you need it to be. Not only that, but it also builds on the fact that each card has an ability if you keep it in your hand or an ability if you play it to the table. So each card literally has double the amount of stuff that it can do. And after playing, after playing that, a couple of the guys are like, like, I like Koo because it's quicker. And I totally get that. There's a reason that I still have Koo in my collection, even though I like Operation Faust better. But a, a number of these guys, after playing Faust, is like, I don't think I can play Koo anymore. Like this, there's so much more to this. And there's so much more interesting stuff that can happen. So it's been interesting just to watch as these guys are... I mean, I kind of want to just say that they're growing in their gaming because they're they're trying to discover new stuff. It's not enough anymore just to get 
the simple easy game. They're trying to dig into some of the more complex strategies. It's pretty cool. And it gets them it gets them thinking on different levels too. You know, you've got various ages that are there and they may never may have never even challenged themselves to kind of think in those asymmetrical ways. Yeah, it's it's really interesting and it's it's fun to watch as you know, because a lot of the time with the, the Sunday morning experiment, it's not always this but a lot of the kids that, that end up playing with me, I, I just posted a thing about the Sunday morning experiment to our website, so you can find it there. But in case this is your first episode, the brief version is, is that I show up Sunday morning with my Bible, a book, and some board games, and I basically just ask God what he wants to do. I hang out in the lobby and see what happens. Sometimes I play a lot of games. Sometimes I hardly play any games, and I spend more time talking to people, whether they're just people milling about the lobby or there are volunteers because a lot of times the volunteers are running around the lobby trying to get stuff done to make Sunday morning happen and nobody really pays attention to the fact that they're doing all this work to make Sunday morning happen. So that's kind of the environment that I'm in with this. And it's kind of neat because I see the same people all the time. So I'm I'm kind of watching as I'm seeing the personalities of these guys come out in the games that they that they're the way they're choosing these games and the way that they are choosing to play them it's it's really fascinating because i can i can start telling people like when we put when we play coup and when we play operation faust like it's gotten to the point where i can like i can nail down them like you are not telling the truth here i can tell when you're trying to push it like, I can tell when you're trying to claim something you don't actually have. Like, and that only comes from playing repeatedly with somebody. So it, it's really interesting. And I look forward to building some stuff up because I got a lot of cool, cool stuff in the collection that often doesn't get a chance to see the light of day because people are intimidated by it. So I'm hoping that I can continue to show them, like, look, this thing that you already know how to do is part of what we're doing, is part of what this other thing is doing, and it just adds more to it. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of of overlap there in a lot of the other stuff that we do on the, the day-to-day, because, I mean, a lot of how we do faith, and we've kind of touched on this in the past, but I think it's worth continually talking about, um, so much of the way we do faith is through kind of an apprenticeship model. I mean, that's literally what discipling is. You know, so much of the way we we build our, our church concept is on this idea of building disciples, you know, kind of because it's what God told us to do. But if you really think about discipling, all it is is an apprenticeship kind of model. You take somebody through what you're doing. And in the process of taking them through what you are doing, you end up teaching them and helping them develop to where you are. And then that so much of that is, I mean, it's playing out in these kids with these games. Like I'm, I'm literally taking them, okay, here's, here's the base concept. Now, once you've got that base concept, you're still having fun with that base concept. Now, what if we add a few more things or what if we, change the way that concept looks like I can't wait. Like so many of these kids are getting excited about drafting games. I can't wait to show them blood rage. <laughs> That'd be funny to pull that one out of church. Blood, <laughs> blood rage. Blood rage is a drafting game. I know. As much as it's about, you know, miniatures and area control, a lot of how you get the stuff in your hand is, is drafting. And so the stuff that they've, it, it's, it'll be interesting to kind of take, I don't know if we'll be able to do that Sunday morning or not. Maybe if they give us that room, then I'll be able to do a blood rage. <laughs> but, um, it would, it's interesting just to see that progression because, you know, you're going from some, like the pure act of drafting to drafting in the midst of a, a what is essentially like a strategic Euro style game. Like this deep kind of stuff with these epic miniatures and board control. And 
it all comes down to drafting those cards. Yeah, I, 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 that'd be kind of a interesting thing in church, though. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> See, the I in a way I this is something that's kind of been a, a side thing of this experiment because I don't I I'm very clear on the fact that I don't think this is something that everyone should do. And even when I did the write up that that just went live on the day I'm we're recording. I posted, I'm like, I'm like, this is going to look different for everybody, and you have to even evaluate if this is something you can pull off. I think that there's there's room for for expanding our concept of what all this looks like. And I don't know, like, I, in in no way am I saying that, you know, I, like, like, throw out all the boundaries and, and do whatever's cool and get these kids to the, to the table. But at the same point, while I don't think that there's there's value in just throwing away all the boundaries and say, oh, well, I, I can't do this on a Sunday morning. I think that there is value in kind of being open to see what happens. Because I do think that there's some cool stuff that can happen with a full-fledged board game. As long as the the concept, the intentionality of why you're... like. You know, part of the reason why I don't do Blood Rage yet is because even though, even if it was fully accepted, I would just be bringing Blood Rage because Blood Rage is my favorite game. And that's not the goal. The goal is not just to get kids to play my favorite game so that they'll play my favorite game more. Like, I am very intentional about what goes in the bag and what comes with me. But I do think that I, there are certain games that I would love to play on a Sunday morning that are more intense. Like, I would love to get a game of Freedom going. Freedom of the Underground Railroad? I would bust that out on a Sunday morning in a heartbeat, but that's that sucker is weighty. But at the same point, I think there's so much value in it. Yeah, for sure. And and the big thing is, like you said, is intentionality. You know, from, you know, from different perspectives, you know, you can see, like for me, for like at my church... You know, I don't know if it would be, it would be something that could happen in between services, maybe after services. Um, just, and this is just on my perspective because I'm looking at it from the stance that some folks go to church, you know, once a week, or they go to church once a week, and that's pretty much the education they get with the Lord. You know, they, and that's on them. They need to have time where they're spending, you know, spending time in prayer, spending time in the Word, and and learning more about their relationship with the Lord and how that can benefit their relationship with others. Um, so it's kind of, it's got to be kind of a balance in my head. You know, you've got a different experience at your church, but um, it's got to be a little bit more of a balance in my head about, yeah, I definitely would like to have like a game day or a game night and stuff that involves the church congregation and, you know, pulling them together, whether it's the kids or the adults, that sort of thing. Uh, but at the same time, uh, in some levels, you know, it's it's a it's a thing to get them into church in the first place, and it's a thing to get them listening to a sermon in the first place. So it's uh it's gonna be kind of a balance in my head. Well, what was interesting was is that one of my pastors came up to me, you know, at, when this when they first started hearing this wasn't just me being silly on a Sunday morning, but me doing this as part of the ministry. Uh, he, he said, he goes, he goes, honestly, he goes, I wish that there was something like this when I was a teenager. Because he, he told me stories about how when he was a teenager, now this is one of my pastors. And he told me stories about how when he was a teenager, apparently they used to have a, a pool table in the basement of the church. And how he would just sneak off and would play pool and he would shoot pool while the service was happening. And there was no one there to ever connect with him in that he just did it because it was something he wanted to do. And he didn't, he couldn't leave. He couldn't be, you know, he had to be at church, but he wasn't at church. Even though he was physically there, he wasn't there. And so it's, it's proving to be an interesting thing because of the fact that, and, and I'll say this every time, you know, my goal is not to detract from anything that happens on a Sunday morning. If I do that, I fail. It was interesting because as I was writing up this thing about it, 
I, I realized that I viewed it almost like some people view nursery work. Like if your church does like dedicated nursery workers who are like working with little kids. Now, some people will say, you know, bring the little kids into the service, but you know, I know a lot of modern American churches like mine does, we have a full, you know, we have, you know, it's a rotating group of people of volunteers, but we have people who don't do church on Sunday because they're dedicated to working with these kids. Like that's their ministry. They miss out on their, their, their Sunday morning experience to benefit the Sunday morning experience of somebody else. And I view this a lot of, I mean, granted for me, it's, it's not me giving up stuff because, and I, I mentioned this, you know, this is, this has helped me connect with God a lot, a lot better than any sermon that I've heard probably in the past year. And it's fun because I actually said that to my pastor as well. And he understood because when I've spent nine years of higher education learning the art and craft of a sermon, it's hard to have a sermon be anything other than a lecture to me. And I know lots of guys who, who have the same education that I do and don't come out that way and still get just slammed by God in great ways uh, with a sermon and get hit to their core. But that's just not, it's not me. Like my wife constantly has to, if I'm in the service, my wife has to constantly nudge me because I'm falling asleep. It's not because of what there's, that what's being said is bad or boring. It's just, I don't, I, I don't want to say I don't care, but I really don't. Like I can tell where the sermon's going by the time the first paragraph is done. And so I think that, that it's interesting to see and to build that connection with people to make it about con- that connection. Not like we do it with our, our regular game days where we try to connect people with God on our regular game days, just to, to show them like, this is what, this is how God loves us. That in the the little things in our, our regular everyday experiences, God can love us and can show us. And there, that then we start connecting to the deeper aspects of, of how God has saved us. And, and how God changes us and transforms us. But I think there's a whole group of people out there who aren't connecting with God on a Sunday morning, but go there because they need, because somebody tells them they need to. And that, that church needs to look a certain way because it needs to. And what I'm realizing is, is that it doesn't. It doesn't need to look that way. We're commanded to be in fellowship together and we're commanded to strive towards getting closer to God. But the method in which we do that, while, while there's a lot of history and tradition that leads us down certain roads, like I can't even say that, you know, the, the way we do church on a Sunday morning is different than, uh, I'll just I'll just use a, a an individual that people on this podcast who listen to this podcast might know. The way I do church is completely different than the way you know my buddy Derek White, the geek preacher, how he does church. He's a Methodist. He does it completely different than I do. Or uh, let's throw out another one, another name that's been on the podcast, Chris Odie's Lutheran, completely different than the way I do it. And you know I could keep going. Brent, Brent's Catholic, completely different than the way I do it. And so the beautiful thing about, and I, I think this is reflective about the, the, the inroads community as a whole as well, is that we have so much expression of faith just within this community. And I'm really curious to see as we, as we go about the business of discipling people and bringing them up, if maybe, you know, pursuing different expressions within the understanding that we are all part of the same body. Because I, I, I think that that's super important that this isn't like, this can never be to the detriment of what's at, what's also happening. Cause you know, the way I, I wrote about it in the post is, you know, we are part of the body, not separate from it. So if, if what we're doing with the games and, and our conversation 
is distracting from what's happening in the other part of the service, that's wrong. But I'm really curious to see how this grows and develops. I'm really interested not only in this, but like other people taking this. There's, you know, I, I, there's a reason why I'm, I'm growing the, the Sunday morning experiment from this is just what I call the thing I do on Sunday to making it more of a, this is a thing that I do on Sunday. Like, like making it more of a branding kind of thing is because like, I want people to take this and grow it and see what God's going to do with it. Like, uh, a, a friend of mine who is, uh, one of our regulars, she's also a major person over at game church, uh, April Lynn. Uh, she basically said she post uh, when, when I posted the article, she posted a comment on it that basically said, I don't think I can do this with my church, but I think I could do something like this. And so it's kind of that same vein. Like when I'm seeing these kids, like people are going to take this and wonder what we can do in, in our own kind of environments, in our own kind of settings. Because I, I think that as long as we are pursuing God and we're pursuing his people and his community, I'm really curious to see what what's going to happen and see how church not necessarily changes. Like, I don't think there's ever going to be a time where the Sunday morning experiment is church for people. Like, like, like we're not going to have, you know, the inroads church of whatever, where, you know, we just throw out the gaming tables and, and that's church. But I want to be, I want people to be thinking about how we can connect people and connect them to God. And that having communion over the gaming table, there's a, I mean, there's a, there's people that are, that's going to make them uncomfortable. And I get that. But, I came home just giddy. I walked, I, I shared it with my wife. I was giddy when, when I talked about it because that was such a powerful moment as I'm sitting there with these, these high school and junior high kids playing these games and, and the conversation about God didn't stop when we kept playing the game. The conversation was, continued and and a, a thread that ran through every hand of of cards that we played after that and i know i can say for me and i can pretty much say for at least one of the kids because his mom kind of shared with me some of the the stories of it but i'm pretty sure a lot of these kids can say the same thing like they don't necessarily feel connected in the classic way because it's it they're not the classic they're not the classic way themselves they're developing and it will be interesting to see you know as as you know i i've often considered myself to be a transition kind of person because you know when it comes to things like even technology like i grew up in the transition from a lot of the older tech to a lot of the newer tech and there's a lot of aspects of that. Like, like I come from this, but I'm seeing this happen and, and moving into this new thing. I, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen because the, we can't keep doing church the way we've, we've done it all the time. There will be a time when we have to really consider how we do church because as, as you know, as we've seen in previous weeks, and this is all, that's all I'm going to say about that. There's a lot of, there's a lot of misconceptions about church. There's a lot of, of hurt and angst and we lost a lot of cred because there's a lot of grandstanding and a lot of trying to grab like authority and stuff. And I think that to, be able to get some of that back. We're going to have to be willing to say, I, I want to do something unique and different that still holds true to the underlying process 
and the 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 important stuff and it'll be interesting to see as as folks that are trying to do church different kind of guide that and my prayer is that we don't ever get away from all the wonderful things and, and amazing aspects of church but that we are willing to kind of put ourselves out there and say that we want to find you know how god will speak when when people stop listening to the way he's speaking now if that makes sense yeah i mean we have to we have to always be on the lookout for ways to connect to people and that doesn't have to be just outside of church it can be you know in church just like what you're doing um i think the comparison with uh and not to make light of what you're doing at all, but I think the comparison is something like a children's ministry or to even like a high school ministry, how they may do church a little bit differently. You Anybody know? who wants to, to make light of children's ministry has never been in children's ministry. Those, yeah. those folks are hardcore. But I, yeah, the stuff I, the stuff I do each week. Oh my goodness. <laughs> crazy kids. Yeah. My wife does it sometimes and she's like, uh, I'm not making this. But yeah, like the, the whole, I've always said that as long as you're doing it for God's glory and you're using it as fellowship, it's part of worship. I mean, God made this universe, and if we're enjoying the things of this universe, and that does include games, you know, we're considered to be worshiping God. And, you know, that's what church is for, is for fellowship and worship. I mean, so to me, these kids are just, you know, they're they're having a different type of worship than not the quote-unquote normal worship. But, I mean, this worship, how normal has it been? I mean, this is, you know, the way some churches are ran is, you know, practically new. It's something new in the last 110, 120 years. So we've, we've changed church, what it was originally uh, was uh, 200 years ago. Well, not originally, but, you know. It's changed then. I mean, it keeps evolving. And this is just another aspect of it. Yeah, and, and a lot of people were like, oh, we need to get back to the early church. And I'm like, no, there's there's a reason wow. we stopped doing it the way we did it in the early church. There... Yeah, I mean, it's just, we always looked at it this way. We have to compete um, with, with our youth. We have to compete against Netflix, against the Internet, against video games. It's Xbox, PlayStation, and, and you know, God's going to use what God's going to use to bring these people in. You know, and if it's if it's playing Blood Rage, then it's playing Blood Rage. Or if it, it's playing something else, I mean, Sushi Go or anything. I mean, that that's just, you know, God has tools out there. I mean, for crying out loud, he used to talk, talk in donkey once. That's always one of my favorites. I mean... Yeah, and, and he ended up in Shrek. But um, <laughs> that's where Donkey comes from, by the way, because, you know, Shrek, that's the, there's no fairy tales of talking donkeys. And he actually comes from the Bible. Throwing it up. Just, put, just, put, just that putting that out there. You go and research that and you find yeah. it. Well, <laughs> and then prove I, me wrong. I, I could, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Okay. Look up a fairy fine. tale called the Bremontown Musicians, and uh, you will. Ah, oh, fine. I don't know all my fairy tales. <laughs> don't step to me on fairy tales and lore, son, because I will. I will school you. Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's interesting to see how things are developing, and I hope that they continue to. And I really hope that um, I, as a person who is leading this, and and again, I'm not the only one, and I, I never want to think that I am. But uh, as somebody who's trying to do something different, my goal is to always be neck deep in in prayer about it, uh, because I I kind of I in all aspects of my life, but especially when it comes to ministry, and especially when it comes to doing ministry like this, because there isn't a whole lot of people that are doing this, and so when you're when you're blazing a trail that no one else has put out there you don't have the the luxury of being able to say you know these are the guidelines because you don't you don't have those so i want to be neck deep in prayer and continue there's a reason why the sunday morning experiment starts with a time of, of intense prayer just asking god 
what he wants to do that morning. Because if it ever becomes about what I want to do that morning, then I'm going to fail. And it's the same way that the same reason that that worship teams pray before they go out and pastors pray before they they speak. The whole the whole concept is about, you know, serving God and leading his people in a in a a time of worship. And I I think that there's there's potential for really awesome stuff to happen here that that we can grow from where we are to where we could be and adding adding next level stuff to what we're already doing and yeah i i think there's potential for some really beautiful stuff to happen here uh i'd love it if people want to consider doing the sunday morning experiment in their churches uh i you can definitely if you use the the I hate, I hate, there's part of me that feels dirty doing this, but if you want to use the hashtag Sunday morning experiment, um, you can look at it on any, any of our social media stuff on Facebook, on Instagram and on, on uh, Twitter. If you look up hashtag Sunday morning experiment, you'll see pictures and stuff that I've put on there. And, uh, I'm going to continue growing that. I'm going to keep posting up. This is the, the games that I'm bringing and this is the cool moments that we had and, there's a lot of awesome stuff that's happening on a Sunday morning and in a time when, you know, we, you know, we ended up, it's funny, we ended up not talking about it, but you, on our social media and stuff, you'll see like we did the con the cardboard Concord basically because we want to start bringing people together. And I think part of that's going to be developing a place where different expressions can come into the same experience. I think that's a huge part of how we move forward with this, that for all the weird differences we have, we are united in the same purpose. All right, guys, it was, it's so good to have you guys back. <laughs> it's so much easier for me to just, like, it's so much easier for me to just riff for, extended periods of time when I know that every once in a while y'all are just going to chime in with yes and this or oh but this it's so much easier I've missed you guys <laughs> well I've missed being here and 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 you know I, I wish I was here last time we recorded but I wasn't so I was asleep I worked a 12 hour day that day and it was horrible yeah but you're back now Sad. Yeah, my back now is just messed <laughs> up in those chairs. And <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, is there anything that we want to be uh, out there talking about? Um, I know if by the time this goes live, I will have wrapped up my last game day with the church I'm at right now, at least for the year. Uh, we'll come back strong in January, but... Kind of, it's hard to do something the third Saturday of the month when in December when we start getting into Christmas and all those shenanigans. Yeah. But uh, so hopefully I'll, I'll give you guys a good report about how the last one goes, and then we'll come back in January. Uh, you can definitely, uh, in light of that, I will say that whether if you're in the New Jersey area, especially, you should be on our Meetup.com group. Because our meetup page is full of Sean and myself going to different churches, going to different events. But even if you're not here local to where we are, you can definitely be part of the meetup page. Because one, you guys can add events to it yourself. Um, all it is is that you create the event and, and either Sean or myself will approve it. Or one of the big things that we want to do next year is go to Origins which is the big convention there. So if you, if you're going to go to origins, um, there's going to be a meetup about where we can get together and where all the regulars can have, can kind of all get together at origins. There's going to be, you know, at other conventions as well, uh, other local conventions. I know Sean's been hitting up a bunch this year. Uh, I've still maintained my, you know, I took 2016 off of conventioning, but 2017, I'm going to be trying to get back, to as many local things as I can. 
And uh, all that's going to be on Meetup as well as whenever we go to different churches, whenever we create new game days and stuff like that, whenever we do stuff like Extra Life, all that stuff is on our Meetup page. So definitely get on there. Do you guys have anything cool. else? Um, for me, I'll be, uh, 2016 is obviously winding down, but we've got some plans for, uh, for 2017. I'm going to have a, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'll have a regular gig uh, in 2017 and I'll hopefully be able to make some announcements on that, uh, by the end of the year, once we get some dates and everything finalized. Also I'll be doing a little bit more of an expansion to some one-shot games throughout the year. Uh, just to kind of expand on the summer one shots, we'll be uh, trying out different systems. I know our uh, our good regular Brian is also making some cool suggestions for some uh, some narrative based games that kind of expand outward, kind of like Reflections or Dungeon World, that sort of thing. And there may be a one or two experimental games I'll I'll throw in there just to give you guys more tools in the tool belt for your RPG goodness. And you better believe I'm going to have you do the Summer of One Shots again next year because that was a huge that was a huge success. <laughs> oh yeah, I can't wait. I can't you, wait. you set the you set the bar high for yourself, man. You opened up <laughs> strong. You... We'll be running D and D sixth edition. <laughs> what? I'll invent a new edition just to raise the bar. No, All shut right. your mouth because <laughs> one one I like five too much, and two oh my goodness yeah. I can't drop another hundred and fifty dollars worth of books. No, I'm not doing yeah. that. Never, never. How about you, Daniel? Well, uh, I've been experimenting with the 5th edition SRD stuff in Fantasy Grounds, and, um, and we're going to try to kick off a game either this Saturday night or next week. Uh, it just depends on how well we often meet up together, and hopefully that'll continue, and which will allow... I can, I can use 5th uh, edition as a gateway drug into other games, so, I mean... You know, once I get people playing that, you know, and comfortable with my style of DMing, then they can, like, yeah, let's play something else. And I can show them how to play Savage Worlds and get them away from the DC. Uh, just kidding. I, I really do like 5th edition. Um, it's a lot better than 4th. <laughs> that, that's that's a very low bar. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like if, if uh, you know, 4th was a paper product. It would be paper. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, okay. The, okay. I'm just, okay. I'm just kidding. But anyway, I I hope to I hope to be getting a lot of you know that plus you know I'd like to get us all involved in a couple of tabletop simulators. You know, as far as getting other people. Yeah. Together. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. For be sure. Be fine. Be fine. All right. Well, uh, you want to, Mike? You want to carry us out or? Uh... We didn't, we actually didn't even drop all our like ID stuff. Like, you know, where do you find us? You know, you go and you look on the internet and you type www.awesomejeff.com. No, um, that's not it. Uh, <laughs> if, if awesomejeff.com doesn't exist, it should. It should now. .org.com.net. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, well, as far you know, as far as news, obviously you can you can check us out on Twitter at Inroads. Uh, you can follow me at GSP. Keegan, uh, GSP, K-H-E-E-G-A-N, and of course our ever-loving inroadsministries.com is the website with the most. Yeah, in, the Inroads site has pretty much everything to get in touch with us, including our glorious little about page that has the ability for you to uh, literally get in contact with any of us. Oh, show. Daniel, it's your turn. You started us. You gotta carry us out now. Oh man, so much pressure. So much pressure. <laughs> you know, it's been like what a month and a half since I've done it. Because the last couple times you've done it, you've <laughs> redeemed yourself from that horrible, horrible showing the last that one time. So, <laughs> if no, you no, don't get it right now, you're gonna have to do it in old English next time. So, <laughs> well, just remember that God is the game master, and no matter how the dice rolls. The game must go on.